Filthy Henry Case Files, The Day of the Living Veg, A Halloween Story by Derek Power. Part 1. Filthy Henry always loved when Halloween approached. For him it felt like Celtic Christmas. There was a noticeable change in the air as the last vestiges of summer, which sometimes survived into September, finally gave up and allowed the darker, colder nights to return to the land. You could smell the season change, along with the magic on the air. A smell of magic so powerful that even mortals would comment on how magical everything seemed. Generally these statements were made closer to Christmas time, when the imaginations of children made adults believe again in the magical side of the world. Even if that belief only lasted a few days of the year. For the fairy detective, however, being attuned to the magical side of the world meant he sensed the change as soon as October rolled around on the calendar. That was when all the old Celtic traditions and rituals had taken place. If Christmas was the finish line, Halloween was the starter pistol being fired just to tell the world that the next three months were full of mystical marvels. All you had to do was look. The downside was all that magical energy floating around meant Filthy Henry saw an increase in his caseload during the winter months. Good for his bank balance, sure, but his blood pressure, not so much. So when Shelley had taken the call and then dutifully bundled the ferry detective into a taxi, he knew that things were about to get busy. Where are we going? he asked her. We? Shelley replied. We aren't going anywhere. You are going to Haynes Pumpkin Patch, just outside Wilkinstown. Meath? I'm going to Meath. Why am I going to Meath solo? Shelley smiled at him and closed the door. You're going solo because I'm already working two cases involving ghosts and a nursing home. Well, why can't I just take that and you do this one? And spoiler alert, it's probably just the residents of the nursing home getting into the spirit of Halloween, throwing a few sheets over their heads. Goodbye, Filthy, Shelley said, closing the door of the taxi and walking down the street without looking back. As the taxi pulled off, the ferry detective quickly shut his eyes and pretended to be asleep. The last thing he wanted was an hour's worth of conversation with the taxi driver. It wasn't long before he was genuinely asleep, only to be rudely awakened about an hour later by the taxi driver demanding payment. Filthy Henry reached into his pocket, conjured some euro notes that would disappear within thirty minutes, then paid the driver. He opened the door, stepped out of the car, and slammed it shut behind him. The taxi pulled off, spraying some dirt and pedals into the air as it left Filthy Henry standing on the side of the road. I should have made Shelley take this one, he said to the surrounding nature. None of the flora or fauna responded. Filthy Henry realised just then that Shelley had not actually told him what the case was, nor had she given him enough time to put his mobile into his trench coat pocket. Given the distance he was from the office, teleporting the phone would have been a large expenditure of magical energy. Plus, there was no guarantee it would arrive in working order. Being a half-breed, the fairy detective could do pretty much what most other fairy folk could do when it came to magic. The only drawback was that his internal magical reserves were a lot lower than that of a full-blood fairy. Bringing the phone to him now would have been useful, but it could just as easily result in no magic 
for the odd fireball required to save his life later. He decided against bringing the device to him and turned around to get his bearings. The taxi had left Filthy Henry at the entrance to a pumpkin farm. A very impressive hand-painted sign read out the name, Sam Haynes Pumpkin Patch. There was a long winding country path on the other side of a small wooden gate that led, presumably, to the pumpkin patch. A field had been converted into a seasonally friendly car park, roughly 25% of it occupied with family cars of various shapes and sizes. Filthy Henry pushed open the gate, the spring hinge groaning for a drop of oil as it moved. He started down the path towards the pumpkin patch. Pumpkin picking had become very popular in the last few years, even when you ignored how close it was to being an annoying tongue twister. Like a ghoulish version of Santa's grotto, pumpkin patches came in all sizes and shapes, from the bloody brilliant to the totally terrible. Some farmers saw the event as just a way to get civilians in to pick pumpkins thinking it was a great day out for the entire family, while charging them for the pleasure of picking their own pumpkins. Other farms went all out with carving stations, decorations and even prizes. Sam Haynes' pumpkin patch seemed to be on the higher end of the scale in terms of quality. Farmer Sam had gone all out with his decorating. There were plastic skulls with glowing red eyes on top of each of the fence posts along the trail. Filthy Henry thought they would look excellent at night based on how they seem now during dusk. Some running footsteps up ahead caught his attention. He saw a person running towards him. The fact that they lacked greatly in the weapons department meant Filthy Henry refrained from conjuring any defence fireballs. Filthy Henry? the person shouted down. Unless there's another ruggedly handsome fairy detective working the rounds with my name, he replied. Right, uh, okay, yeah. She mentioned you were a wise ass, the person said coming to a stop a few feet from him. I'm Samantha Hain. This is my farm. The fairy detective looked at Sam and realised that he had fallen victim to the societal problem of gender bias. Based on the name over the entrance, Filthy Henry had expected to be greeted by a burly farmer type, all beard and muscles with pronouns of the male persuasion. Instead, he was greeted with the sight of a rather fetching woman with skin slightly browned from years of working outdoors. The farmer offered Filthy Henry her hand. Shelley said you were on the way. I'm glad you finally made it. You can call me Sam. The fairy detective shook her hand. You're kidding, right? Sam frowned, letting go of his hand. No. My dad was Sam, as was my grandfather. When Dad's firstborn son turned out to be a girl, he figured why let a little thing like gender get in the way of tradition? Filthy Henry waved his hands in the air and shook his head from side to side. Oh, not that bit. I mean your name. Your father's name. Your family name. Sam. Hain. Samwin. Tell me your family did it on purpose. Huh? Sam said, tapping thoughtfully on her chin. Samhain? Halloween in Irish. You know, literally nobody has ever pointed that out before. The fairy detective found the coincidence to be highly amusing. Well, there you go, he said. Now, Shelley said you had an interesting case for me. Sam let go of his hand, after giving it a friendly squeeze, then looked back along the trail. So she didn't tell you what's going on? the farmer asked. I like to come to cases somewhat blind, the fairy detective lied with ease. It means I get the data straight from the source. I see, Sam said. Well, in that case, I'm sure you'll like the data here. 
How do you feel about zombie turnips? Filthy Henry listened with rapt attention for twenty minutes, as Sam Hain explained what had been going on in the farm. At first, it sounded like the plot to some shoddily written short story, but as the farmer had gone on, it became more and more believable, which, in the fairy detective's experience, meant everything he had heard was no doubt real. So let me get this straight, Filthy Henry said after Sam finished speaking. Right now, there are zombie turnips bouncing around up ahead, and they just appeared this morning. She nodded her head. And what, pray tell, makes them zombies exactly? Well, they're moving about with their scary faces, and chasing after people, Sam said, clearly surprised she had to explain herself. You don't believe me, do you? Filthy Henry made placating motions with his hands. Oh, hang on, I believe you. Don't worry about that. You'd be surprised by half the nonsense I see before lunch. But well, it's just zombie turnips don't really make sense. So which part are you having trouble with exactly? Well, the zombie bit. You see, I can buy that you've had a bunch of animated root vegetables moving around, causing you no end of hassle. In fact, I'd genuinely be surprised if you didn't, given some of the tricks that fairy folk pull around this time of year. But they wouldn't be zombies. And why not? Sam asked, crossing her arms with an expression on her face that suggested she was getting impatient. Well, are they eating people? Well, they're chasing people. Well, that's not the same thing. I have half a dozen families hiding in my carving station while turnips with faces smash into the door like deformed lemmings trying to get in. What more do you want? Why don't I just show you? Filthy Henry was fond of explaining things to people. Mortals that wound up getting involved in the magical world needed so much schooling on how things worked. Zombies were one of those things that cinema had taken, perverted, and then misinformed the masses as to the rules around how they worked. Zombies, the human variety, did go after other humans, because it was how they procreated. Perhaps procreated would be the wrong word, but the terminology was still somewhat applicable. They tried to eat humans because each person bitten turned into another zombie. Turnips that were zombies wouldn't go after humans. They'd go after other turnips. But sometimes people needed to be educated by being shown instead of talked to, so the fairy detective figured it would be best if Sam brought him to the attack site. Please, he said, gesturing with a wide sweep of his arm along the path. Lead on. Sam turned and started walking back down the path. Filthy Henry fell into step behind her. The fairy detective looked around as they walked. Beyond the plastic skulls on the fence post, Sam had seriously gone all out with decorating the farm. Up ahead he could see fake cobwebs spread out on fences and door frames. Several kites in the shape of witches flew on the wind above the farm. There was even the sound of screams and chilling ghoulish laughter coming from hidden speakers along the path. All in, Filthy Henry was impressed. Haynes' farm clearly wanted to be seen as a top-tier pumpkin-picking patch. Okay, Sam said, reaching back and putting her hand on his chest. We need to keep quiet from here on out. We don't want them to hear us. The turnips have ears? The look Sam shot him was enough to tell Filthy Henry that sarcasm at this juncture was no longer a requirement for the case. He took the cue and ducked down low like Sam. They crept along the fence, using the hedge on the far side to keep hidden from sight. As they moved with all the stealth of a mouse on Christmas Eve, making very little sound at all, Filthy Henry began to hear noises the closer they got to the farm proper. 
a repeated low thumping of something on a metal surface, followed by some muffled fearful cries. So that's what I'm here to deal with? Filthy Henry asked in a whisper. Sam looked back at him and nodded once, then made a gesture with her hand for him to stop talking and follow her. They came up to a large wooden gate, with several small skeletons hanging off it. The gate itself was the entrance to a wider yard, in which two large outdoor tents had been erected on either side of a metal barn. One tent bore the sign, Coffee Shop, while the other had the look of a haunted house to it. A rather disturbing scarecrow was sitting in a rocking chair, all gangly limbed and clot sack head. But what really caught the fairy detective's attention was the metal barn and the two dozen animated turnips battering the doors. He had been in the game of fairy detective work for about seventy years, and in all that time he had never seen animated root vegetables trying to get into a barn. If anything, you'd assume they'd be running away from the barn. Filthy Henry watched with a sort of morbid curiosity as three or four turnips would pound against the door, causing the occupants inside to let out a cry. He thought back to the impromptu car park back at the roadside entrance. Twenty-five percent full. Several of the cars being what one would consider a family car, meaning there could be at least thirty people inside that barn, hiding from the mindless hordes of the living vegetable. How many people are inside? he whispered to Sam. We'd only just opened, so it's not too bad. Between staff helping run the event, the actor we hired in to play the living scarecrow, and visitors, I'd say we're at about thirty. Filthy Henry was impressed he was so close to the actual answer. Is there another way into that building? Sam nodded and gestured for him to follow. They made their way along the hedges that surrounded the event area and came up to the back of the barn. It was devoid of any animated assaulting vegetables. A window set in the centre was open, on the latch. Sam pointed at it, then broke into a run from her hedge hiding spot. She grabbed a nearby pallet, placed it against the barn, and climbed up to the window. Pulling it open a little wider, Sam shuffled in through the window and out of sight. Filthy Henry looked around, checking that no zombie turnips were coming his way, then followed Sam's lead. What she had made seem easy was, in fact, heartbreakingly hard. Not for the first time in his career. The fairy detective thought about how doing more physical training instead of relying just on his magic would be a smart move. With a grunt and a groan, he hauled his backside through the window and landed unceremoniously with a painful thud on the ground. Nobody tells Shelley about this, Filthy Henry said, standing up and dusting down his clothes. He looked around the inside of the barn. It had been set up with several rows of folding tables each table home to two pumpkin carving stations. There were all the usual tools you would expect to see, little knives, poking sticks and big spoons. There were pumpkin innards strewn about the table and floor. Up at the double doors into the barn were two men and three women, using a table as a barrier and holding it in place. It didn't look like they were under any real stress, which made sense given the size of the turnips outside. They were not exactly large. Around the barn little circles of kids and parents had formed, telling stories to keep themselves entertained. A pimply-faced youth, wearing a t-shirt that bore the farm's logo, came running up to Filthy Henry and Sam. Oh, thank God, he said. When we didn't see you in here, I thought one of them had gotten you. No, it nipped at my heel but didn't get through the rubber of my wellies, Sam said. Filthy Henry glanced down at her feet 
and saw the orange splatter of pumpkin guts on her boot. So what's been going on in here? he asked the youth. Oh, we've just been keeping everyone calm. The kids finished all their pumpkins, and now we're telling ghost stories. We take it in turns to hold the table up at the door. Did you see John when you were outside? John? Sam asked, looking around the barn a bit panicked. Who's John? Filthy Henry said. The actor who came in to play our scarecrow. You know, dressed up and walking around for photos. The regular guy cancelled at the last minute, but thankfully John showed up, costume and all at the ready. One hard and fast rule about the magical world was this. There was no such thing as a coincidence. For mortals, sure, things could happen that were seemingly connected, but they were just random moments that took place together. But Filthy Henry had learned a long time ago that if something on a magical case seemed to be coincidental, the reality was it was not. A regular actor not showing up and an unheard of understudy appearing in costume screamed coincidence. And John isn't here now, Filthy Henry asked. The youth shook his head in the negative. No, he said. John was here for a bit. Then he muttered something about things taking too long and climbed out the window saying he was going to help. Going to help or going to get help? Sam asked. Well, it was hard to hear him properly as he climbed out the window, but I'm pretty sure it was get help. Nobody followed him because we'd all seen enough zombie movies to know that the person who goes on a solo run usually ends up getting eaten. Well, unless John was made of a pumpkin, I think he'd be okay, Filthy Henry said, strolling away from them and into the centre of the barn. Besides, if somebody had gone with him, then he wouldn't have been going on a solo run, right? So your logic is a tad flawed there. The simple act of him walking into full view of everyone in the barn immediately caught all their attention. Each group shifted around on the floor to look at him, while the parents at the door pressed their backs against the table to get a better view of the fairy detective. Who are you? a voice in the crowd asked. I'm Filthy Henry, the fairy detective, he said, pausing for an applause. Nobody clapped. Even the crickets failed to chirp in the silence. Well, maybe someday, Filthy Henry said to himself. Right, everyone, I'm here to get you out of this crazy situation. I've worked cases like this before, so if you have any questions, please hesitate to ask. Hesitate? Sam asked, coming to stand beside him. You're really bad at these pep talks. Yeah, that's been pointed out before, he replied. Now, first order of business. Does anybody happen to have one of these zombie turnips? Hey man, we don't appreciate the air quotes. Filthy Henry looked at his hands still raised in the air and frowned. Ha! he said, lowering his hands. Must be a reflex at this stage. Nobody has a turnip, a woman in the largest parent circle said. Zombie or otherwise? Why? That'll help me figure things out. Right. Grumpy and frumpy at the top there. I need you two to help me capture one of these turnips. Pimply-faced youth, bring me a bucket or burlap sack or whatever you have to store turnips. Filthy Henry marched down to the double doors, ignoring the glares of annoyance from Grumpy and Frumpy. The fairy detective had always found it easier to get help from people who wanted to no longer deal with him than if he spent time forming relationships. Learning the real names of secondary characters in his adventures just made them too real, and if they got hurt, well, he would never be able to live with it. Here you go, sir, the pimply-faced youth said, giving Filthy Henry a small potato sack as he walked down to the door. Thank you, the fairy detective replied, 
taking the sack off the youth. Right. On three open the door. And as soon as I've caught one, slam it shut again. As in we go on three or one, two and... Grumpy asked. Filthy Henry held up his hand to signal for silence. We're not doing that bit, the fairy detective said. It's been done so many times now that people don't even chuckle from a nostalgic point of view anymore. On three. Grumpy opens the door and when I grab the turnip, you slam the door shut before any more get in. Grumpy and Frumpy, clearly annoyed the question had been taken as a joke, nodded in agreement. Filthy Henry raised his hand, three fingers in the air, then slowly brought each one down. As the last was lowered, Grumpy pulled open the door crack. Immediately one of the zombie turnips burst through the gap without any prompting. Filthy Henry threw the burlap sack over, securing it in cloth material and closing the top tightly in his hand. Grumpy and Frumpy pushed the table back in place and closed the door once more. Holding the sack up, Filthy Henry watched as the turnip continued to bounce around inside. A small tear began to form as the turnip tried to chew through the sack. Filthy Henry raised the sack up in his left hand, then pointed at it with his right index finger and drew upon his magic. Pel Chalair, the fairy detective said, casting a spell into the sack. Like a balloon being inflated, the sack took on a spherical shape and stopped bouncing around. It grew to the size of a football in a matter of seconds, then stopped. Did he just say clear ball in Irish? Grumpy asked behind Filthy Henry's back. One of the hilarious things non-magical beings did not understand about spellcasting was the language. After reading numerous fantasy books, everyone always assumed that the word spoken during a spell had to sound like some sort of pidgin Latin. The truth was, you could use any language you were comfortable speaking, in as long as it followed two simple rules. Rule 1. You didn't use English. And Rule 2. The grammatical rules of the language you chose were entirely ignored. But explaining that to a bunch of mortals was not going to enrich his day at all, so Filthy Henry decided not to bother. Instead, he reached out and lifted the sack up into the air with a flourish that would have made a Vegas stage magician jealous. The fairy detective grabbed the glass ball as it fell out of the sack and held it up into the air for all to see. Behold, Filthy Henry said, puffing his chest out with pride. I have captured the demon. So can we go now? Grumpy asked. Eh, no, the fairy detective replied. I was just trying to lighten the mood. He marched over to an empty pumpkin carving station, pulled out a chair, dropped down into it and placed the glass football onto the table. Inside there was a large turnip bouncing around and banging against the glass to get out. Filthy Henry rotated the sphere around and peered inside. Initially, it was hard to see anything strange about the turnip, beyond the fact that it was moving, of course. Then it changed position and revealed the most horrific face Filthy Henry had ever seen, on a vegetable or otherwise. Two eyes had been seemingly gouged out with a spoon, sitting above a terrifying smile showing several triangle-shaped teeth. From within the turnip there was a bright red glow. Looking into the mouth, Filthy Henry could just about make out a small lump of burning coal. No smoke or heat seemed to come off the glowing ember, but the light flickered with every movement the vegetable made. Without warning, the turnip rushed towards Filthy Henry, its mouth gnashing furiously. The fairy detective sat back in his chair and watched the sphere fall off the table and roll along the floor. Through several bumps, the turnip guided its sphere-shaped prison towards some pumpkin pulp. It then proceeded to roll around the orange pieces, 
flattening them into the ground while biting at the glass. Hey, Sam, Filthy Henry shouted. I was right. Looks like the turnips aren't after human flesh, but gourd flesh. The farmer came over and watched the glass sphere moving around. Hmm. Well, that's slightly less scary. I mean, they just look like animated decorations gone crazy now. Filthy Henry shifted around in his chair to look up at her. So, now the thing to do is figure out what exactly is going on. At least we know everybody's safe, except for their pumpkins. These guys are not going to stop until they've eaten every pumpkin in here. The repeated bangs against the barn door ceased. Everyone looked at the barricade, equally confused. Oh, I think we're in trouble now, the pimply-faced youth said. When the banging stops, the screaming starts. Filthy Henry stood up and started walking down towards the window in the back hall. You really need to get out and socialise a bit more, he said to the youth in passing. With little help from his associates, Filthy Henry went back through the window and dropped down at the rear of the barn. He checked around for any turnips bouncing, before turning to offer Sam some help down. She grinned and lowered herself from the window with the grace of a ballet dancer. I've been sneaking in and out of that place since I was a kid, Sam said to the fairy detective. Filthy Henry began to walk along the barn wall with purpose to his steps. Whatever had created the zombie turnips, and that was still a name he was not overly enamoured with, had also called him off, which meant, in the fairy detective's experience, that things were about to escalate in strange and unusual ways. That was how these cases always worked. Just when you thought a reprieve had arrived, the big bad showed up, and they had other ideas. But what these evil idiots never factored into their plans was Filthy Henry getting involved. John, the scarecrow actor, that was who was behind all this. The fairy detective knew it, deep down in his gut. One thing that Filthy Henry always trusted was his gut. The only problem was, he had no idea who John really was. Figuring out that bit was going to be key to returning the turnips to the earth from whence they came. Sam tapped him on the shoulder right as they reached the corner of the barn. So what's the plan exactly? He couldn't resist a shoulder shrug. Usually, Shelley would be around to ask him that question and a shrug would annoy her no end. With Sam, it had no effect whatsoever. Well, we go round the front of the building, see where the turnips have all bounced off to. Then we find that scarecrow of yours and see what they have to say for themselves. You think he might be in on it? He is it, Filthy Henry said. There's no such thing as a coincidence in my line of work. I'm telling you, John is the problem. I just haven't figured out what problem. Sam nodded her head in agreement. Fair enough, she said. We find John and ask him some questions. Do we need to get weapons? My tool shed is behind the haunted house amusement. Filthy Henry held out his hand and conjured a small fireball in it. I think I'm good for weapons, he said, closing his fingers and extinguishing the fireball. The farmer stared in amazement at his closed fist. I thought the glass ball thing was just some sleight of hand, like the rabbit in a hat. But you actually do have magic. Yeah, and you have a horde of zombie turnips bouncing at your door. You hired me to solve the problem. Yet you thought magic wasn't real. Sam said nothing and shrugged. Filthy Henry laughed, then turned the corner of the barn and walked along the edge of the building. Up ahead he could see the farmyard was empty, devoid of any animated root vegetables. Never one to rush into supposed calm. 
The furry detective slowly stepped out and looked around for any sign of movement. Filthy Henry Case Files, The Day of the Living Veg, is an original story by Derek Power. Music and production by Niall Milton. Part two of this story is available now. Just go to the next episode of